Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. This the is the zone. Midwest Farm Report. From field to fork and everything in between is why the kids from Wisconsin stay. It's a great way to start your day. Coming to you from the National Association of Farm Broadcasters meeting in Kansas City, I'm Stephanie Hoff with the Midwest Farm Report. Good morning, and how are you doing on a Thursday? It's pretty nice down here. We've got mild temps and sunshine, but back home, it's about 10 degrees cooler. Southern Wisconsin will see highs of about 40 degrees and winds reaching 16 miles per hour. But I'll stop rubbing it in. We've got a great show for you this morning. Mike North will be giving us his expectations for October dairy production. But first, Farm Director Pam Yonke and the DNR give us advice on how to stay safe in the woods and on your ATV as you start your deer season this weekend. Thanks for kicking things off with us on your Thursday. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile, Chunk Gill. And from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. A couple of weeks ago, one of my neighbors, Jeff, killed a nice buck, a nice, nice buck, Pam. We're talking field-dressed 235 pounds. You had two 65 to 70-year-old guys throwing that big old buck on the back of my gator. (laughs) And I said, we have to come up with something better. Otherwise, we're going to hurt ourselves. And that was the first step that got me thinking this week about gator and ATV safety. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And Pam, you can tell us more about hunter safety and ATV with the dawn of another gun deer season here in Wisconsin. And yes, I will bag a nice buck this year. Well, we wish you the best of luck. A lot of people that feel that way. And judging by the numbers we've received from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, they're out there. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee, the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. So we know Uh, Much like Thanksgiving and Christmas, deer hunting, the gun deer season in Wisconsin, is a holiday that we celebrate. And there will be other brethren uh, coming from outside the state of Wisconsin that will be joining us by dawn this Saturday. But let's go forth with careful safety on our minds. That's really the message from all of the staff at the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources that will be out in force in the woods and at registration stations coming up this weekend. I talked about it with a couple different people. Marcus Meekum, who is uh, the ATV specialist with the Department of Natural Resources, and we start off the conversation with John King. He's a hunter safety educator within the Department of Natural Resources and says now's a good time to get your checklist out and make sure everybody, regardless of age experience is going into the woods thinking safety first. We saw last year um, a a small but significant uptick in participation in 
uh, hunter education. So we we always try to do a five-year average, and we've always been around that twenty to 21,000. But last year we saw 24,000 people come into the hunter education program and say, hey, I'm, I'm looking to get into the activity of hunting. This year so far, we've we've actually just stepped above that 21,000. We still have, you know, another month and a half of, of uh, the year left. So we could see uh, pretty close to that 24,000 by the time we're done again. So that's a slight uptick. Uh, we see that trend all the way across all the outdoor activities that are going on. Uh, still, a, uh, I guess, a increase in, in desire to be outdoors, camping, hunting, fishing, canoeing, kayaking. All of those activities. That's that's a good thing. I I just have to wonder how about the resources you folks can offer. Are you seeing new partners come into play, helping to offer those hunter education courses? Well, this year uh, we've had a full year of um, you know opportunity for uh, classes to be offered. You know, during the pandemic we had to close down for a little bit, but we are seeing. Uh, the type of classes uh, and our hunter education instructors offering different types of classes that benefit their community. So definitely an increase in uh, the style of classes that are being offered. And um, we are certifying new instructors uh, and continuing to recruit uh, for hunter education instructors into the future. Sure, sure. Now, I am curious. I mentioned to John, I've taken hunter safety education many moons ago. Uh, our family as a rule, whenever there's a new hunter that's going to be joining us, they get hunter safety education. But for those that are on the outside looking in, that may poo-poo what they think is discussed in hunter education courses. John, tell me about the points that you guys drive home that might be overlooked. Well, there's the obvious things that we teach, and that we talked about that is um, you know, how do I carry my gun, the four firearm safety rules. Uh, but there's the little things to get we get into that uh, are, are just as important as what the four firearm safety rules. So, for example, one of the things that we talk about in, in hunting is uh, most people take know how far they're going to be shooting their firearm, but most people don't realize how far does that bullet actually travel. So in this case, if... Um, you know, you use a, a 243 or a 270. It, it it has an effective range for shooting uh, and, and, and harvesting an animal, uh, but it also has the ability to continue on. And we talk about that being uh, several miles beyond uh, the intended target. So that that helps out uh, in in our comprehension of uh, what is my target, what's in front of it, and where is my bullet going to end up at. Um, so that kind of helps out that whole thought process when I'm actually considering harvesting animals. You know, the other thing I remember too, John, that's sometimes forgotten is that uh, that face-to-face mentoring, uh, connecting an, an authority with what you're doing. Uh, I know that the virtual world kind of got involved in some of that, but, you know, just connecting with other hunters seems to help some young people learn quicker. Yeah, education is all about uh, the style that works best for you. And, and so some people, there's a small percentage that uh, thrive on online or reading a book to get their education. But the vast majority of us need that hands-on interaction with somebody that knows how to do that uh, activity. 
And so that's why hunter education remains uh, very important uh, because we do provide that hands-on opportunity to those that actually need it. John King, he is the administrator of the hunter education portion of what we're looking forward to with Wisconsin's gun deer season 2021. He's with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. Many will be using ATVs, UTVs when they head into the woods for the hunting season of 2021, or maybe it's just day-to-day chores, but making sure that they're operating that vehicle, that uh, operation of that ATV UTV safely is a key priority for Marcus Medina. He is the recreation warden for the Department of Natural Resources. And, you know, it's the simple stuff we do before we ever turn that key on, Marcus, that seem to sometimes be overlooked, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. First is just taking a status check of yourself and seeing, you know, did you sleep well? Are you feeling okay to uh, ride that machine? Take a quick look at the machine, make sure you're comfortable, confident, and know how the machine operates. And uh, also, it's really important to take a look at that safety equipment. You know, is your helmet in good working order? Is it DOT approved? Are the seatbelts in in good working order? Make sure you're buckling up. So, you know, take a step back, see the big picture before you hop on the machine. These machines just seem to be getting bigger and bigger, more and more powerful, more and more comfortable, too. But uh, some of the comforts that are on those rigs are not always used. Explain what the statistics tell us, Marcus. Yeah, when you just take a look at the 2021 off-highway incident reports, what we're seeing is it's a combination of lack of safety equipment, uh, going too fast, operators not going through a safety certification course, and then speed and alcohol being involved. So if if you take those factors, you look at the data, it, it suggests that if you go through a safety class, you're wearing a hel- helmet, your seatbelt's on, and you're not, no alcohol's involved, and you're taking the machine at an appropriate speed, you know, you can avoid a lot of these incidents that we uh, respond to. Do you have any demographics on that, Marcus? Because like I said, more and more these days, we're seeing a wide age range that lean on ATVs, UTVs, either for fun or to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, the data, a lot of our incidents now are occurring uh, on the roadways. Um, You know, these machines, they're meant to be operated um, typically, you know, off-road. And they operate differently when they're on public roads. So you really need to be prudent of your speed, navigating curves and turns and things like that. And then regarding just, um, you know, demographics of, of age and things like that, um, we're all over the board, so you really have to make sure, you know, these are these are big, powerful machines that, you know, the operator can, can handle the machine and has the experience and capability to, to run that machine safely. Do you notice any escalated incidents, Marcus? Like I said, I'm kind of chatting with you because we're into the hunting season. A lot of folks making wood and turning to ATVs, UTVs to make their life a little easier. Is it a seasonal thing or tell me what you notice there? Uh, you know, it, it's all over the board. It's really year round. Um, with the with the UTVs and ATVs becoming more and more popular um, more and more comfortable, more and more capable. We're seeing uh, folks from Wisconsin just use them year round. And, you know, some of the incidents are, you know, they're cutting wood and they're, they are slow speed, but it, a tragic event might happen where the machine tips and, and then, you know, we're getting called out for, for that incident.
Right, right. Let's talk a little bit about simple misconceptions, Marcus, uh, when it comes to ATV, UTVs. I was mentioning to Marcus, sometimes I think we overlook the age appropriateness of these machines. You know, quite frankly, uh, young kids, although they may want to desperately, probably should not be operating these by themselves, correct? Well, I think what, what most important is you have that safety equipment that young passengers being supervised by an adult and, you know, understanding the machine's capabilities. So personally, I bought a small 90 CC ATV a couple years ago uh, for my uh, family. And I hopped on it because I wanted to test out how fast that thing went. And that small 90 CC machine, which I could pick up with one hand took me a full grown man, uh, about 45 miles per hour, which is, which is really, really fast. So now think about, you know, your young five, six, seven-year-old on that machine and how fast they can go. You know, you have to have respect for these machines. Marcus Medina, he is the recreation warden with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, reminding everybody about safety first when it comes to ATV and UTV use. And before him, John King, administrator of the Hunter Education Program through the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. Now, more information, more guidance on both of these areas available at the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources website. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Report with Pam Youngke. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, Stuff you won't find anywhere else and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. In Wisconsin, recent crash data show that someone is injured or killed in a crash involving an inattentive driver every 46 minutes. Cell phones usually make our lives easier, but when they're misused, serious harm can result. Drivers who read and send text messages while they drive endanger all of us and can cause catastrophic injuries. At Clifford and Rihala, we help people who have been injured by distracted drivers and we know how common that negligence is. Clifford and Rihala urges you, please don't text while you drive. By making smart choices on the road, you can protect yourself and help prevent crashes. If you've been injured by a distracted driver, call us. We'll help you. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, if you're looking for your next agro-tourism destination, the American Farm Bureau Foundation is working on an app that will help you to find these locations even easier. I'm here with Julie Recco, Director of Education and Outreach at American Farm Bureau Foundation. And Julie, now tell me a little bit about this app and how things are all coming together. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So the app is called the American Farm Trail app. And the app is designed to connect folks to agritourism spaces in their area. And the idea behind the app is to get folks uh, onto farms near them so they can kind of explore, you know, where their food comes from and what agriculture looks like in their area so they can have a really good learning experience. And so right now we are looking for folks to sign up for the app to feature their agritourism locations. And it's completely free for those farmers and ranchers to register to be part of the app and to input their location for people to find on the app. And they can do that. The website is farmtrailapp.com. Does this feature agritourism destinations for all over the nation? And how does that kind of play in with, you know, people going on the app to try to find places? So that's the idea. Right now we are looking for agritourism locations all across the United States to add to the app. We hope that before we launch the app, and we are going to launch it most likely in in spring of 2022, that we do have locations all over the country. Again, we're here with Julie Recco, Director of Education and Outreach with the American Farm Bureau Federation, finding out about their new agritourism app. We'll find out some more details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Back here with Julie Recco, Director of Education and Outreach for the American Farm Bureau Foundation. And we're talking about their new agritourism app that's going to be coming out soon to find these agritourism destinations around the nation. Now, once this app gets launched, tell me a little bit about the details about how users are going to be able to use this app and find things effectively. Sure. So, yes, we definitely have ways for these farmers and ranchers to tag their locations with exactly the kind of things they have on their farm. So if you're a pumpkin patch, an apple orchard, if you have a corn maze, there are options in the app to select exactly what kind of animals or fruits and vegetables that you have on your farm. And so that when folks search, they see those specific searchable items under your agritourism place. People are are really excited about it. I think they're excited for a way to showcase their locations. And so this is a great um, opportunity to continue to advertise their locations to 
people and families in their areas. And so I think that people are really excited to get to be a part of this app, which is completely free to um, be a part of. Here with Julie Recco, Director of Education and Outreach with the American Farm Bureau Foundation, learning more about their upcoming agro-tourism app that will be out soon to help people navigate their way around the United States to find all these different agro-tourism opportunities. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Have prairie exteriors add more value to your roof? Right now, get free gutters or leaf protection with the purchase of any roof. Imagine a new roof to highlight your home outlined by stunning handcrafted gutters for free from Prairie Exteriors. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com What if you didn't care about being on the fast track? Instead of flying to the big interview, what if you flew somewhere else altogether? Like a village in Botswana or a tiny island in the Pacific where needs are easy to see. What if you decided to share your skills with others and help someone else get ahead? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. Huh, nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Are you ready for the next generation of body sculpting? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Current body shaping devices have addressed unwanted stubborn fat and skin laxity. But what if we want more muscle strength and toning? 
M-Sculpt is our new body sculpting device at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie that uses high-intensity electromagnetic contractions with a 30-minute treatment described as equivalent to 20,000 crunches. M-Sculpt is approved for abdomen, arms, thighs, and calves. And it's also the world's first non-invasive butt toning and lifting procedure. M-Sculpt is a safe, effective addition to any workout program. The possibilities are endless. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. How much stock do you put in a hitting coach, though? Like, they're all professionals that are at this level. How much stock do you put in a hitting coach? Well, I told you, and I've said this probably two or three times on the show, when I think of, like, a a good hitting coach versus a bad hitting coach, I think of, like, the quarterback coaches that Tom Brady and Drew Brees and all those guys go to. When you have a Tom Brady, you're making Tom Brady – tenths of a percentage better because he's already a great player. But when you grab a guy like a Tim Tebow and all of a sudden he starts working with a, a we'll say throwing coach, Tim Tebow. he can get exponentially better because of how much, how much room for improvement there is in that skill set. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you have average or below average players or hitters, I think a good hitting coach goes a long way. Elevate them. If you have elite hitters in the game, I think a good hitting coach makes them just a little bit better. But sometimes just that little bit of a difference and a little bit better can make a great hitter, an all-star, and an MVP. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about who the uh, new additions are first. Uh, Rowdy, when it comes to the new additions for the Milwaukee Brujas, they're going with not one but two new hitting coaches. David Stearns announced that they're going with uh, Ozzie Timmons from the Tampa Bay Rays. He was a first-base coach and an assistant hitting coach from 2017 to 2021. And then Connor Dawson, who had worked with the Mariners since 2019, he was their minor league uh, hitting coach. Yeah, so I think this is really unique because it's something that I I don't know if it's ever been done before. And then there's going to be assistants as well coming Yeah, I don't know if it's ever been done before, to be quite honest. They hired two hitting coaches that are coming from two completely different, I guess you would say, sides of the coin when it comes to hitting the ball. I think this is, you'll have some people that say, if you don't have one quarterback, or if you have two quarterbacks, you don't don't have have one. one. Too many cooks in the kitchen? Yeah. I think this is interesting, though. 
and I'm I'm hopefully I, I'm more optimistic on this, saying that this these two can gel. Well, they're only making all this up. And like the yeah, part. the hitting was really bad. But why I think this is so interesting is because Ozzie Timmons has been around. He was a big league baseball player. He's been around, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about how he had been in minor league baseball. Now he was last with the Tampa Bay Rays as a hitting coach assistant and a first base coach. So he's been around hitting coaches and hitting coordinators and stuff like that. Plus he's played big league ball. He's more of like the old school feel, right? Yeah. And Oh, by the way, Tampa Bay has been a really good hitting team for sure, especially in those years that he's been there. So whether it's the hitting coach or his assistants, he was doing something right. Mm-hmm. So that he he's the old school hitting coach type guy. And then they hired this kid, Connor Dawson, who literally is a kid. He's younger than a lot of the guys that will be on the team. He's 28 years old. What? He's 28 years old. Wow. He, he is. A, yeah, there he is. Look at that. He is a guy that obviously is younger than some of the guys that are on this team. He was working in the minor leagues for the Seattle Mariners as a hitting coordinator. He was more of like the tape study. He was more of like the. He um, comes from a technical background with the yeah, Mariners system. He was like the tape study. He was like the launch angle type guy that was all using like the film and new. So you're marrying, you're, you're going to marriage the old exactly. school, and the new school it's, together. It's two guys. It's one guy that's in his fifties. That's more old school baseball, old school hitting adjustments and changes. And one guy that is the video. He is the launch angle. Break you down. Like, I think it's, it's, it's pretty ingenious by the brewers to do this because it looks great on paper. Yeah. It, but will it work? Because the two guys are going to have to get along. They're going to have to coexist. Because what if one guy thinks, well, I'm the hitting coach. Well, the and launch kinda, angle, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. Like, no, we need to bunt. They're going to have to gel. For this to work, they're going to have to gel. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it, it won't happen. I'm not saying it will happen. But it, it's just a different little wrinkle that is now the Brewers hitting coaches. But I do think I like it's this experiment. I like it. Because like it. when... You you've referenced the movie Moneyball, but does he get on base? Yeah, and they it was Billy Bean and some of the Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonah Hill <laughs> and some of the technical guys that do it mathematically with analytics and all that, trying to come up with the best way to be different to have like an edge in baseball. Yeah, isn't this something to be a little different? Throw a little wrinkle. Well, don't you got hitting? Don't you always got to be changing, being different in in, in baseball? Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. A little chilly on a Thursday. Looks like we'll top out around 34 degrees. Cloudy skies again tomorrow and 38. Saturday warming up to around 47. Sunday cloudy skies and 45 degrees. So the clouds are going to remain. I'm Pam Yonke. Now from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So today, the 18th day of November, on this day in 1626, St. Peter's Basilica was consecrated. They replaced an earlier basilica on the same site, and it became the world's largest Christian basilica. St. Peter's Basilica is still there today, consecrated on this day in 1626. On this day in 1978, remember the name Jim Jones? Yep, Jonestown, Guyana, 918 people dead in the People's Temple. They were either murdered or committed suicide under the leadership of cult leader 
Jim Jones. And happy birthday to actor Owen Wilson. Today he turns 53. And now you know. Time for the Alcivia Co-op Talk, an opportunity to find out a little bit more about Alcivia Cooperative, literally covering the state of Wisconsin with a lot of different services. And right now we want to pivot and talk a little bit about Getting ready for 2022. I know, I know, it seems like you're just wrapping up the harvest, but in all reality, with the way the world is today, we have to start looking ahead to next year. Joe Slasarzik's along with us. He is uh, kind of the key agronomy lead for all Civia, and you've been having this conversation well before the harvest wrapped up. Hey, Joe, people wondering what 2022 is going to look like as far as supplies, huh? Yeah, and actually, Pam, you know, it's a good point. You know, it was actually well before harvest. We've been really having these conversations with our, you know, key customers here even since last spring planting season. Um, and that's really just due to the nature of the egg cycle has just changed so much with the, uh, you know, dynamic world that we live in today. So the ag economists that I've been talking with, Joe, are suggesting that prepaying this year is is almost a necessity if you want to make sure that you're going to have some of your supplies for next year. Give me a little sense on what you're hearing from the suppliers that Alcivia works with. Uh, yeah, and you know I would agree with that economist. Um, definitely right now, most of everything in our world is around the supply chain and uh, some of the dynamics that go into it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have been hearing about the different reasons why we're in the position we are. You know, I can give, I guess, some insights on that, but you know, we've got uh, varying ocean freight uh, across the world, um, really higher energy costs, truck freight, labor shortages, you know, have all led to product shortages. And there's still a high demand uh, by consumers as farmers uh, for these products, such as fertilizer and crop protection. So it's kind of a lot of things coming together at once to put us in the position we are today. So now if our if folks are working with Alcivia and say, okay, I'm in an okay financial position, I want to prepay on some items, is that going to put them in a better position, Joe, or is everybody still going to be in the same boat? Um, I would definitely say a proactive approach um, is the best at this point in time. Um, you know, at Alcivia, prepay, you know, is definitely something that we encourage. Uh, we also have our Verity uh, Business Solutions uh, arm of Alcivia that can help us with that as well from a finance standpoint. But yes, I would encourage our producers to be putting a plan together um, and then basically executing on it as soon as they can uh, to you know basically secure the supply for this next season. Are a lot of your uh, partners taking delivery of what they'll need for 2022? I mean, if you got the space, you got the cash, can they get some hands-on goods right now? Um, I think that's very uh, product-specific at this point in time. Um, fertilizer, we're definitely encouraging producers, if they can still put fall fertilizer on, to do so. Uh, lock in their, uh, you know, forward, you know, on their nitrogen products and, and whatnot. Crop protection is definitely going to be a hot topic. Um, you know, as far as taking product, you know, we have to also physically receive it ourselves. But, you know, if producers have an opportunity to take product, if it's available to us, we certainly will work with them on options uh, for delivery on that. But, you know, we don't want people to get in too big of a panic either. You know, sometimes that causes, you know, poor decision-making. You know, I would just say that you put together a plan and then try to execute it, you know, with your trusted advisor. That's going to be the best approach. And, be you know, you're going to have to be creative this year as well. 
You know, there are certain products specifically in crop protection that are going to be very tight, and that may, you know, cause us to have to pivot a little bit on our plans going into the season. Joe Slisarzik along with us. He is uh, kind of the lead agronomy person for Alcivia Co-op. Remember, all together now, you can find out more, alcivia.com. So bottom line, Joe, uh, try to get your plan together, but keep an open mind on the answers, huh? Correct, correct. That's a great way to put it. I mean, for us, it's, you know, providing the right solutions for that customer one by one, and everybody's got a different plan. And, you know, just work with your agronomist, work with anybody you know, across our divisions, you know, and secure your inputs for next year. And also, you know, I want to encourage people not to forget about locking in outputs either. You know, we've got increased um, pricing right now. we got to make sure that we can try to lock in some profits into the future. So when you're looking at it from that standpoint, too, I don't want people to forget about looking into the future for uh, commodity pricing as well. Well, and that's the nice part about working with Alcivia. Everybody, all of that, uh, all of those categories are under one roof now. You bet. You bet. You know, for us, it's definitely a team approach because, you know, it is a dynamic marketplace. You know, our our owners of the cooperative are looking for solutions, and that team approach is what we aim to provide. Joe Slasarjic, along with us, he is their agronomy lead person with Alcivia. And like he said, get your game plan together. Have a constant conversation with your Alcivia representative in a lot of different areas. They are trying to provide you with not only the information you need, but the answers. Alcivia.com is where you can find more resources. And that is your Alcivia co-op talk for today with Joe Slasarjic. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to DeKalb, constantly innovating products and technology to maximize crop protection, production, and yields. And from Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net on Facebook and Twitter. So yesterday in Chicago, we saw a beautiful turnaround in both our corn and soybeans. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the dairy complex with Mike North, one of the principals from Ever Ag. That's up in just a moment. Yesterday in Chicago, December corn closed four and a quarter cents higher at five seventy-five and a quarter. March corn was up four at five eighty-one and a half. January soybeans gained twenty-five and three quarter cents, twelve seventy-seven a bushel. With March beans up twenty-five at twelve eighty-eight and a quarter. Wheat market for December was up twelve cents at eight. 22 and a quarter with July new crop wheat up nine and three quarter cents at 822 and three quarters. Barrel cheese on Wednesday dropped another penny and a half to 144 and a half. 40 pound block cheese was up a penny at 167. Double A butter even gained a penny at $1.96 a pound. The December milk traded five cents lower, 1716 a hundred weight. January milk down 24, 1724 a hundred weight. Coming up next, what is happening with our dairy complex and uh, the cheese market in particular? Mike North joining us. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Doing some holiday gift buying? Well, why do it online when you can do it in person? Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee for McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, and encouraging you to buy local. You can do that at McFarland's.net. They have great Carhartt clothing that make fantastic gifts, warm hats, great gloves, and of course, the famous Carhartt jackets and overalls. Take a look at their retail location, all under one roof, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City.
Are you fairly fit but would love a little edge up? Are you entering middle age with a slowing metabolism and weak core? MSculpt may be your answer. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie is proud to be one of the first clinics in the area to offer this new muscle building technology called MSculpt. It's approved for building and toning abs, arms, butt, thighs, and calves. MSculpt works. One 30-minute treatment can be equivalent to 20,000 crunches or 20,000 squats. It's safe, effective, and painless with virtually no downtime. Sound too good to be true? Visit Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie to learn more. Let your natural beauty shine through. View our specials at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. So, you want to drive a Tonka truck? Well, roll up your sleeves and get ready to play in the dirt. Kalani Topsoil is looking for more people that know their dirt. Full-time seasonal positions are open for CDL dump truck drivers. Our family business will make sure you're home every night. There's competitive benefits, and you'll drive updated equipment. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Apply at KalaniTopsoil.com. Now that's good pay dirt. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it is a Thursday, and despite the fact that we're at the National Farm Broadcasters Convention in Kansas City, we do like to keep some of our patterns in play, and that includes spending our Thursday morning chatting with our friends from Everag. And along with us now, one of the principals is Mike North, who has been kind of keeping an eye, just like all of us in the dairy industry, on what's been happening with the cheese market. Boy, we just can't seem to settle that one down, Mike. Tell me what you think's going on there. Well, we've got a market that's caught in the middle of a few different things. You've got uh, this 180 price point, which has really kept buyers uh, kind of at bay. We get up there, they 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 they, they move it back away from the market. Product appears, we you know we sell the market back off. You know that volley takes place this time of the year quite regularly, and it seems like 180 is that marker for us this year uh, as we've watched the market approach it and then fall away. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of reason for that market to be there. If you look at the global market, uh, we're vastly underpriced as we look at some of our competitors out of New Zealand or out of Europe. Uh, we could tack on 15 to 20 cents and still be very competitive in that space. We just can't quite get there. And I think part of it is the supply chain issues that we deal with as we look at our ports. And, you know, it's been kind of an interesting story that way this year with all of the disruption there. We're still seeing, you know, record exports of dairy products. But as we talk with our counterparts around the world, specifically about cheese, there is a little bit of what we'll call a pain in the butt factor uh, when buying from the U.S. right now, and that discounts our product. And I think you're seeing 180, excuse me, 180 be that line uh, that buyers are willing to kind of walk away and step back from price. Let's talk a little bit more about that supply chain disruption. I mean, the transportation issues have been discussed and discussed and discussed. We had a little bit more of, shall we say, an internal disruption, Mike. There was a story that broke that Schreiber Cheese, major cheese uh, facility up by Green Bay, had been uh, hacked, cyber attacked. And I want the consumer to understand how frail our network for dairy is. That was a newsmaker for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and 
I applaud Schreiber for handling it. They did a first class job of getting to the other side of this issue. Um, you know, but to your point, uh, it, 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 it took a major player out of the space uh, for a couple of weeks. And that really, you know, puts another ripple into the, you know, the broader issue of supply chain disruption that we've been dealing with all year. And, you know, as you, as you look at uh, their absence in the market, it really uh, allowed for that, that cheese market to soften a few weeks back as we were coming off of 180 for the first time, because as the, the sellers of product who had available uh, inventory and product to sell were met with no equal balance of buyers on the other side, uh, it, it, it kind of distorted that move lower, I believe. And as we take a look at the markets, we're still coming out of the backside of that, even as they've come back online and, you know, returned to their position of buying product. You know, we also always say, well, you know, it's the holiday season, it's football season. It It is, but your point is people, a lot of that's already been bought. We're We're pretty much out of the holiday market now already, aren't we? We are, um, and largely because, you know, back to your comments on supply chain, a lot of buyers, retailers and processors all got ahead of that early this year because they were fearful of not being able to get product or not being able to get trucks or, you know, you name your favorite storyline inside the supply disruption category this year. They didn't want to deal with that. So they got an earlier start than normal. And as we go through November, by the time we typically get to Thanksgiving, a lot of that buying is done. And, you know, we wonder if, uh, you know, as we come through this year, if that won't be accentuated even more because of the early start some of these folks did get. You know, kind of hand in glove with the supply chain issues is what we're looking at for input costs. You've been out on the road. People have to understand your staff at Everag has been across the United States visiting with groups of dairy producers. What is their tone, Mike? What are you hearing as the common pieces of conversation when you're meeting with dairy producers regardless of region? So obviously feed costs are up. They're up big uh, when you compare what went into the silage uh, bunker uh, or on the pad this this uh, uh, fall versus the last prices are easily up uh, as much as sixty percent or eighty uh, percent over the the year prior um, and in some cases even more than that uh, as we talk about protein uh, protein's an interesting one because uh, you know you saw that canola crop in the, the northern United States and Canada get you know cut in half essentially. And together with, uh, you know, some of these other forces that work in our market, we're really squeezing the protein market. Uh, soybean meal just in the course of the last uh, two weeks has gone up $40 a ton. And some of that being a byproduct of that tightness around canola, some of it being some of this uh, coming tightness of lysine, which is driving other livestock segments like hogs, uh, for example, into buy more soybean meal as a replacement. So we're, we're, we're seeing some push on that. And because of some of the tightness of canola, uh, there's a lot of uh, suppliers that aren't even able to get a price, uh, you know, out into 2022 or, or much, you know, farther than, say, March of, of, of this coming year. And so it's, it's difficult to put a price on it physically. Uh, but, you know, we're seeing some of this scramble, I think, starting to come into the market and really uh, push up on those on those protein markets. 
Uh, and I think there's more risk as we head into winter in that regard. Now, that being said, it's another common conversation that we are seeing escalated cull cow numbers going to slaughter. Uh, more and more dairy farmers just saying, my margins are not worth it anymore. I've got to protect myself. I'm getting out. Are you hearing that too, Mike? Yeah, and we've seen that wave uh, already here a couple of months ago as we watched major culling events around the country. We saw several auctions, uh, especially in that southwest part of the United States, um, where feed prices were already astronomically high from the drought and then perpetuated further by higher markets. And then, you know, as a byproduct of some of those softening milk prices this summer, their margins just went inverted and the sales were taking place. Uh, there are more people getting out. And, you know, part of it is just, uh, again, the, the sheer hassle of being in the space. And you can't hardly blame a guy. Uh, there's so much disruption in the markets. Uh, you know, for someone that doesn't want to deal with it, that's an easy out, mm-hmm. um, you know, given that we do have a little bit of a, a better cold call price right now. Right, right. Well, if you're still talking about strategy for 2022, obviously you need to have some big brains in the room with you folks if you're trying to find out how you can protect your milk price. Or I imagine, Mike, you're not just talking milk price. You're helping them strategize on that feed too, huh? Yeah, absolutely. We we, we deal with producers across country on milk and feed. Uh, whether it's the insurance products or the exchange or anything else in that space, uh, that's where we live. Yeah. Well, Mike Norris, along with us, uh, we definitely would advise you to give him a call. Any of his staff can help you get started. Their website, ever.ag, ever.ag. And if you're uh, trying to work with somebody that's close, uh, he and his uh, partner, Matt, just as close as their Platteville office. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Have a good Thanksgiving, buddy. Hey, I'll do it. You do the same, Pam. All right, good deal. Mike North, along with us for our regular Thursday conversation about what's happening in the dairy industry. Like I said, uh, very important that you take a proactive approach to what 2022 is going to bring to you uh, because it is going to be one of those challenging years, like Mike said. All right, tomorrow morning, our final Friday from the National Farm Broadcasters Convention in Kansas City. We'll see you later, folks. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Celebrate our century in sesquicentennial farms across Wisconsin. There is a growing list of over 1,800 farms across the state that have been family-owned for 100 or 150 years. Besides being recognized at the Wisconsin State Fair, you can find out about them all year long thanks to our friends at Compere Financial. Meet the families and hear the stories by logging on to MidwestFarmReport.com.